0: Today on CityCast Philly, it's the Friday News Roundup. We're talking about a municipal judge's decision to dismiss murder charges against Officer Mark Dial for the shooting death of Eddie Irizarry, looting at local liquor stores and shops, and why Philly cares so much about whether Taylor Swift is dating a football player in Missouri. It's Friday, September 29th. I'm Laura Benshoff, filling in for Trine Neri and here's what Philly's talking about. Rodrigo Torrijón, criminal justice reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. And Asha Prihar, general assignment reporter for Billy Penn. Thanks so much for
1: being here. Hi, thanks for having me on.
0: Okay, before we get into some of the heavier, meatier stuff in the episode, I wanted to start with a little good news. Earlier this week, the Philadelphia Phillies beat the Pittsburgh Pirates to earn a spot in the Major League Baseball playoffs. I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I am a fair weather Philly any sports team fan. So I'm excited about this. Did either of you watch the game or have plans to watch any of the playoffs?
2: Definitely watch some of the playoff games. And similar to you, I just love that everyone's generally in a good mood when uh, the Phillies are in the playoffs. So I'm excited about that.
1: Definitely. I'm definitely in the same boat. I cannot say I've personally watched any of the games without someone else walk, like having them on. Um but I'm really excited for you know the city to be in a generally happy place hopefully for the next couple of weeks.
0: Yes, it's great when when a Philly team is winning and everyone's just got a little more pep in their step. And I wanted to plug if anyone's trying to watch the games in person at Citizens Bank Park, apparently you have to enter a lottery because tickets are scarce. So you can wow. do that at mlb.com and we'll have a link in our show notes. Okay. So I'm going to get into the news of the week. On Tuesday, Philadelphia Municipal Judge Wendy Pugh dismissed charges against Mark Dial. He's a former Philadelphia police officer who shot and killed 27-year-old Eddie Irizarry while Irizarry was sitting in his car during a traffic stop. Rodrigo, we spoke with you in August about how the police narrative really changed here. That was before charges were filed and before this case got dismissed. So can you catch us up? What was Dial charged with?
2: So Dial, uh, Mark Dial, the officer that shot and killed Eddie Rosari early last month, um, he was charged with multiple crimes, including first degree murder. Prosecutors allege that Dial's partner, Michael Morris, yelled knife before Dial opened fire, and that because he came out of his police car with his gun drawn and then fired within five seconds of exiting his car, that he should be charged with murder. That was their primary case for the first-degree murder charge.
0: What were the defense attorneys for Dial saying? Why did they say there wasn't a strong case here?
2: The defense attorneys for Dial said that Dial and his partner were reacting to what they saw as a potential threat from Eddie Rosari That uh, the defense attorneys also mentioned that in body-worn camera footage that was released and also played at the preliminary hearing, it was heard that the partner said that Irizarry had a gun. um, And their contention was that Dial was reacting to this information and thus shot Irizarry six times within approximately five to six seconds of getting out of his car and approaching Irizarry's parked car.
0: Right, and just to remind folks, so the way this traffic stop happened, these two police officers pulled over Irizarry, went up to his car, one on either side. The one partner, Morris, said he's got a knife, and then Dial started shooting. But you're saying yeah. some of the audio made it sound like he said he's got a gun? Is that what they were arguing?
2: That's what the defense attorneys for Dial were arguing. That okay? They said that the day that Dial surrendered, which I think, I think was about a week or two ago, mm-hmm. they said that the audio to their ears clearly says that the partner shouts that Irizari had a gun, and they mm. said that once again in the preliminary hearing. So essentially their argument is that Dial specifically was reacting to a potential threat. And on Tuesday, Judge Wendy L. Pugh agreed with his attorneys that the prosecutors had not presented enough evidence to substantiate the charges, including first-degree murder and summarily dismissed all of the charges uh, Tuesday morning.
0: Did Morris testify that he said he had a gun? Or did he testify that he said he had a knife?
2: So in court, Dial's partner, Michael Morris, testified that in the moments before the shooting, he told Dial that Irizarry appeared to be holding a knife as he sat inside his car as uh, Dial and Morris approached Irizarry's vehicle that was parked.
0: Got it. Now, I read that the Philly District Attorney's Office has already attempted to appeal this dismissal. They've refiled or attempted to refile charges. They want to continue with this prosecution despite what happened this week. So what could happen with that appeal?
2: So the District Attorney's Office vowed to file an appeal and they did a Tuesday afternoon, refile all of the charges. There is a hearing scheduled for that request next month, end of next month, October 25th. So the family is hoping for the district attorney's office to be able to refile the charges and then have those charges heard in front of a different judge. Eddie Rosari's father said something to the effect of, you know, that they want a judge who knows the law yeah. to hear that request or to hear the, the charges once it, once they're refiled, if they're refiled. So that's essentially the next step is to see what the court has to say about this appeal.
0: Now, Rodrigo, I want to talk a little bit more about what happened after that dismissal. There was a rally. Tell me about the rally. Where was it? How many people were there? Was Eddie's family there?
2: Hours after the judge's decision to dismiss the charges against Dyle, the uh, family attended a rally that was organized by uh, some of the organizers of a rally from a few weeks ago that was similarly about Eddie Rosari and former Officer Dial. It was held in front of City Hall. There was uh, around 100 people there, basically just decrying the judge's decision, kind of highlighting what they saw as this lack of accountability or the ability for police officers to evade accountability, particularly when there were uh, fatal shootings of citizens by mm-hmm. police officers. Eddie Rosari's family did attend. They uh, showed up a little bit later during the March portion of the whole rally.
0: Okay. And
2: they I spoke to his aunt, Zoraida Garcia, and his father, Eddie Rosari. And they just kind of reiterated what they had said earlier, right after court, that they were outraged and The whole family was upset.
0: Yeah, a lot of strong feelings there. Now, near where the march happened, but after the march, several stores on Walnut Street were broken into, like the Lululemon athleisure store, the Apple store. And then that turned into sort of vandalism rolling across the city Tuesday night and even into Wednesday night. The Enquirer has reported that the new interim police commissioner, John Stanford, said there's no connection to the march even though the looting happened nearby. So what do we know? Why were there so many smash and grabs in sort of like short order after this after this rally?
2: Yeah, the, along with the uh, interim commissioner, John Stanford, Irizari's family has denounced the vandalism that happened shortly after. I believe the vandalism uh, Tuesday night happened around 8 p.m. The rally in March dispersed around 7.30 p.m. And then the vandalism happened a few blocks away. So there was, from the family and the police department's uh, perspective, there was no connection. Uh, The family said was angry uh, that the looting happened. The Eddie Rosari's aunt, when I asked her about it, said that she was furious about the vandalism kind of overshadowing the Mm. tail end of this rally and said, if you want to help, you should come to court uh, with signs and protest peacefully. The way they have right. some of the people that were allegedly involved in the vandalism did uh, invoke Eddie's name while they were uh, live streaming some of the vandalism. Oh wow! And to that effect, there was some conversation on social media before the vandalism, directly in response to the judge's decision to dismiss the charges. They said something to the effect of, you know, where are we going? Where are we looting? I know they said that this is not what we're supposed to do, but how else are we going to get justice? But the family and the police department have been pretty adamant that there's no connection, that none of the people that were involved in the peaceful protest were ultimately involved in any of the vandalism that took place that night.
0: Got it. It just seemed really widespread and, and coordinated. You know, I read that 18 wine and spirits liquor stores in the city were hit that's a ton of places and you know there was looting not only in center city but in some of the neighborhoods too i mean who who is behind this and and how coordinated was it
2: yeah there was at least one individual who was ultimately charged by police who had a pretty big social media presence good amount of followers i think more than 100 followers who live streamed most of the events of tuesday night and there did seem to be some sort of coordination because there were prompts on social media saying, where are we going? Where are we going shopping is what they said. And it wasn't something spontaneous. It was essentially started once word started spreading that the judge had dismissed the criminal charges against style. People started to go on Instagram to you know, kind of share their anger about the situation, but also basically plan what they were gonna do. And I think that was part of what allowed them to go to so many stores. Uh, you know, you mentioned that the, the liquor stores, uh, that was one of the places that got called out, I believe, on some of the live streams. It was in that in a shopping center that they had mentioned.
0: So when the dust settled, how many people had been arrested? What's What's the damage? What do we know?
2: Sure, by Wednesday morning, police announced that 52 people had been arrested, including three juveniles. Uh, Most of them were charged with burglary and theft. And one person faced charges of illegal gun possession. And police said most of the people that were arrested were between the ages of 18 and 22.
0: Got it. Well, thank you so much for all of your reporting. I know it's been a really busy week and we're going to keep following all these stories. Okay, I'm going to switch gears for our final big story of the week. It's about Pennsylvania's own Taylor Swift. Asha, my social media feeds have been alight with memes, speculation that Taylor Swift is dating a Kansas City Chiefs player, Travis Kelsey. What's his connection to Philly and why do we care?
1: Yeah, so my social media feeds have also been completely dominated by this um, in the last several days. But um, I guess just to start out, Travis Kelsey is the brother of Jason Kelsey, who Plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. They also have a sports podcast together, the two brothers. Right, right. And also Travis Kelsey faced the Eagles in the Super Bowl last year. Um Right. And their
0: mom famously wore the two-sided shirt that she has, right? She yeah, has like a jersey yeah. that's like Kansas City on one side, Eagles on the other.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. And I think they were the first brother-brother duo to like face each other in the Super Bowl, like ever. Which is pretty cool. Um, and then there's another like kind of connection, which is that Travis Kelsey's coach, Andy Reid, used to be the Eagles coach for like I think it was 14 seasons before moving to Kansas City in 2013. And as listeners may know, 13 is a special number to Taylor Swift. Just throwing that in there. Um, and according to Travis Kelsey, apparently Andy Reid met the Swifts before. So was he Cupid? I don't know. Oh, wow. Okay. So those are like Travis Kelsey's connections. But I think like another big piece of the sort of like local Philly angle here is Taylor Swift's own connections, which as you mentioned, she's from Pennsylvania. And she's from Reading, which I think it's fair to consider that Eagles country. It's not Steelers country. It's definitely, definitely not. And like she has herself some Philly sports ties. So like when she was just like a preteen, she like sang a Sixers game. And she also sang when the Phillies were in the World Series in 2008. She sang the national anthem at one of the games. And then she also has a song called Gold Rush, which was on her 2020 album Evermore, um, where she sing- sings a line about her Eagles t-shirt hanging from the door And there have been a lot of questions about whether she means, like, the football team or the band. And she did confirm in Philly when she played here in May that she did mean the football team. She was like, guys, I'm from Philly, which is a little bit of a dubious claim if you're from Reading. But um, she did say, like, it is indeed the football team. And she also has been pictured in public, like, wearing an Eagles sweatshirt, like, as recently as this year. So, I think for some people, there's sort of this like almost like turncoat type feeling when they see her in Chiefs gear, especially considering that they like just beat us in the Super Bowl last year. Stings a little, yeah. So, she went to a game this week, right? That's the, yes. that's what
0: kicked off this speculation.
1: Yes. So, I wouldn't call them dating rumors back then, but sort of like the origins of all of this are back in July when um, Taylor Swift played Kansas City's stadium. Um, Travis Kelsey went to the concert and he apparently tried to meet her and give her a friendship bracelet with his phone number on it. Um wow, Slick. <laughs> yeah, because like friendship giving, exchanging friendship bracelets at um, Taylor Swift concerts has been like a thing. And she didn't meet him then. And he did talk about how he was like kind of upset that she didn't on the podcast that he has with Jason. And then like if you fast forward a couple of months, there were some rumors swirling about them actually like. Maybe like hanging out, and then sports media sort of started prodding both Kelsey brothers about this, Jason and Travis. And then Travis finally like said on like in an interview that he'd invited her to a game. Okay. Um, and then on Sunday she actually showed up at a game, and everyone was like freaking out about it. Um, she wore red Chiefs gear. And she left the game with Travis in his convertible. And so, yeah, like, I guess he's kind of like the new king of like shooting your shot. (laughs) So lots of photos have been swirling. And there's definitely been a good amount of commentary from Philly sports fans and Philly Taylor Swift fans and stuff with kind of like, oh, I thought she was an Eagles fan. Why is she wearing Chiefs gear? Mm -hmm. Some people are pretty chill about it because they're like, oh, he's Jason's brother. It's cool. And then there are other people who think that she's on some kind of, like, secret mission to, like, sabotage the Chiefs so that the Mm. the Eagles have a better chance at postseason success. So, I guess we'll see. Um, She's a secret agent for the Eagles? That would be
0: an amazing (laughs) twist. I'm really just here for the memes, I gotta say. They've been really good this week. I saw one that was, like... Joe Biden's jobs plan is working. Taylor Swift is finally dating an American. And, like People are just really having fun with this story. So
1: Yeah, yeah. It has been, like, I think about a decade since she publicly dated an American. So I guess that maybe there's some merit to that. I don't know.
0: We just can't get enough of it. OK, Asha Prehard, general assignment reporter with Billy Penn. Thank you so much for your cultural commentary.
1: Yep, always happy to give it.
0: (laughs) And Rodrigo Torrejón, criminal justice reporter with The Inquirer. Thanks so much for being here.
2: Of course. Thanks so much for having me.
0: We'll have links to Rodrigo and Asha's reporting in our show notes. It's time for the tip of the week, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. As of today, SEPTA is rolling out tap to pay. According to the transit agency, riders on SEPTA's city and suburban buses, trolleys, subways, and the Norristown high-speed line can start ditching their key cards. Instead, you can tap any contactless credit or debit card or a phone with apps like Apple or Google Pay. You can do that at the turnstile or the little kiosk when you get on the bus. The rollout continues over the weekend. Some forms of transit will begin accepting tap-to-pay today. But all 2,800 devices and vehicles will be ready to accept this form of payment as of Monday, October 2nd. SEPTA will roll out contactless payment on regional rail early next year. This has been a long time coming and will hopefully relieve a lot of headaches. We'll put a link with more information in our show notes. If you have a tip of the week, we'd love to hear from you too. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our host is Triné Neri. Our producers are Abby Fritz and Elizabeth Kama. Our Hey Philly newsletter editors are Brittany Valentine and Natalia Aldana. And our lead producer is me, Laura Benshoff. Music is by Philly's own Interminable, with additional music from All the Kimonos and James Weldon. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, send us a friendship bracelet, rate the show, leave us a review and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Philly. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city, bye.